In early March, the coronavirus began rapidly spreading in American cities. Large gatherings canceled. Non-essential businesses closed. Healthcare workers ramped up for the unknown. One of the frightening thoughts of this pandemic quickly became, what happens if our frontline medical staff become infected? Hospitals stocked up on personal protective equipment and put protocols in place to protect their staff, like curtailing elective procedures and restricting visitors. But some could not escape the invisible enemy of COVID-19. My name is Anna Marie Chang, and I am an associate professor and the director of clinical research in the Department of Emergency Medicine. It happened to Dr. Chang. She tested positive for the coronavirus and was hospitalized from the illness. Today, you'll hear her story. This is the Health Nexus podcast, powered by Jefferson Health. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe to the Health Nexus podcast on your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. Visit thehealthnexus.org for more from our experts on what you need to know about your health, as well as to read a commentary from Dr. Chang about her experience. I spoke to Dr. Anna Marie Chang over Zoom recently when she was finally recovered from a serious case of the coronavirus, where she spent four days in the hospital. She was getting clothes, herself back to normal. And I was like, you know what? We're going to start wearing some lipstick because... <laughs> it's amazing what a little lipstick can do for you, more, right? It's amazing. <laughs> when news of the novel virus broke, Dr. Chang was realistic about what that might mean for her as an emergency medicine physician. I said to my team, my research coordinator team, that we are on the front lines. Given the data that we had and we had seen, in some ways, I anticipated that I would get it. I'm going to feel sick for a few days or a week and be back on my feet. I don't want to say that I thought of it as a worse flu, but in some ways, I just thought of it as a worse flu. She says she anticipated the hospitals being overwhelmed, but felt secure in knowing that the Emergency Medicine Department's Disaster Preparedness Program had been aggressively planning ahead for years. All seemed to go according to plan. And then, on March 17th, for her, it all changed. I will never forget that date. I had a little bit of a dry cough, Um, but I didn't feel bad, and it was actually you know, in some ways jokingly, but my colleagues that they were part of the command center team were also sitting in the office and they were like, you're a healthcare provider, you should probably get tested. And so I was like, okay, haha. But as I walked out of the ER, I actually called Jeff Connect, got my testing set up, and then walked over and did the drive-through testing. Dr. Chang walked through the mobile testing site at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Center City. She knew that if she did, in fact, have the virus, she should be self-isolating and made the smart decision to walk the mile and a half home instead of taking public transit. And by the time I got home, I was like, man, I'm really tired and I'm really achy. So I took my temperature and now I was 102.7. I was like, oh. Something's wrong. Yeah. Over the next few days, her symptoms only worsened. still spiking fevers, Tylenol and ibuprofen, and 
DayQuil and NyQuil to try and control my symptoms. And it was pretty miserable. I was definitely tired and like a Zoom call would just exhaust me. I developed a lot of GI symptoms, lost my sense of smell. I started, so cough, a little bit of phlegm and um, noticing blood in there. But things really got worrisome when her oxygen saturation began to drop. My friend's uh, husband actually picked up one of those finger pulse oximeters for me. So I was monitoring myself and it was Saturday I was okay, Sunday I was okay. Monday, I would say my oxygen levels started dropping a little bit. So I was like 94% on room air, right? Mm -hmm. And like normal is above, you know, 96, 97. Walking up the steps from my house, uh, from the kitchen again, I was 88%. I called my colleagues and I said, I think it's time. She was admitted to Jefferson for four days. She was given oxygen, antibiotics and blood tests, and her breathing was monitored. I got a chest x-ray, which was, for me, scary. You know, I've had chest x-rays before, and this was definitely not a normal-looking chest x-ray. The other scary part, according to Dr. Chang, the loneliness of isolation in a hospital room. And I wasn't even in the intensive care unit, but in all of these rooms, you're by yourself. There's no visitors. The nurses and physicians were in there and were so kind, but you're really alone. At least for me, I could look up at my monitor and know what all my vital signs meant. For people that are alone and in their room, and what does this mean? And that also that sensation of being so unable to breathe is so scary. She was given the opportunity to take hydroxychloroquine, an anti-malarial drug promoted by the federal government as providing relief for coronavirus symptoms. But little research has shown how it actually interacts with the virus, causing many to be skeptical. Dr. Chang says pure desperation to feel better got the best of her, and she took the drug. As a researcher, I wouldn't do it again. But on the other hand, when you feel so crappy mm-hmm. and terrible, you are desperate for anything that could potentially make you feel better. If they had told me the only way to get it is through a clinical trial, I would have signed up in a heartbeat because you're just so desperate for anything that could make your symptoms better. Now home and recovered, Dr. Chang didn't waste much time before seeing how she could use her experience to help others. I think understanding from the patient perspective of like, I feel terrible. And if there is a chance that I can feel better, of course, I would want that for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think, yes, it has enhanced kind of my desire to kind of, you know, work at breakneck speed to write these protocols so we can get people these possible treatments. She works several days a week on Jefferson's telemedicine platform, JeffConnect, triaging patients and their symptoms on the on-demand app. She sees patients who run the gamut of illnesses, but for those with genuine concerns of the coronavirus, she can now connect with them in a whole new way. I tell some patients, hey, I, I am a recovered COVID patient. And I think for some patients, it was helpful. I had a patient that I told that you need to go to the emergency department. Like, I'm actually worried about you looking at you on the telehealth screen. And he actually said to me, like, the fact that you're home gives me hope. Dr. Chang also continues to work with fellow Jefferson researchers to look at existing protocols and develop new ones for various trials of treatment for the coronavirus. I've been most intimately involved with this idea of convalescent plasma. 
So, right, people who have recovered from COVID donating their plasma that hopefully has antibodies to fight COVID and giving it to patients that are sick in the hospital with it. For people who are, who have COVID, we would, for these trials, we would love to get people into trials in order to get clear-cut answers Mm -hmm. for whether or not these treatments work. In coordination with doctors Kristen Rising, Trish Henwood, and Julie Karp, among others, plasma donations from recovered COVID-19 patients at the Blood Donor Center at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital became a reality in April. Dr. Chang called me as she was donating her plasma on May 6th. She told me about her experience. Hello? Hi, it's Anna Marie. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. So are you there? Are you currently donating? I am currently donating. I am on the machine. Congrats. This is a big moment. Yeah. They've made it a very nice and easy process. As a patient, Dr. Chang said the process was seamless, and she hopes other patients will take advantage of the opportunity, too. As a physician and a researcher, she's proud of the teamwork that happened around the clock to get the plasma donation process established so quickly. I hope that Jefferson can help add to the scientific literature to show whether or not this is a treatment that actually impacts the care of COVID patients. And how does it feel to know that you're on the other side of the virus now? I mean, does this moment for you kind of feel like closing the loop of everything? It definitely does for me. I, I definitely feel like, okay, you know, I've kind of come full circle, you know, being involved on kind of all kinds of aspects of this. The Jefferson Research Community has really kind of pulled together to make this happen. Um, It is, I mean, the amount of support that we're getting to do this is amazing. We're all here because we want to make a difference. For more about Dr. Chang's story, visit thehealthnexus.org. You'll find more articles there about the coronavirus, too. For information about donating plasma, visit jeffersonhealth.org slash COVID plasma. Thanks for tuning in to the Health Nexus podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We hope you are all staying safe, staying healthy, and staying home. I'm Gianna Demedio. Thanks for listening. <laughs>